What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are ready. You ready, Jacob? Oh, yeah. All right. We are on the air. This is the Bible Live quiz show. And do you realize this is week number 30? This is, um, we're well over halfway through the year. Again, this is our, what is it, our 14th or 15th year reading through the Bible, and um, we are finding ourselves right now in the books of First and Second Chronicles, and so that's where our questions come from tonight, folks, if you're going to call in. This is, a uh, yeah, if you're going to call in, <laughs> these are the questions. I've got them in my hot little hand right here, I'm trying to get every straight, straightened out, 
and we'll ask you some questions in just a moment. You know, I, is I just me. thought of something great. What'd you, you, you thought of something great. Yeah, okay. Can you, can you hear me okay first? I can hear you, yes, just okay. fine. Well, here's what I was thinking. I'm right here in the studio it, with you. How could I not hear you? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, if you were to publish online these questions, people could look at them through the week and have everything prepared for the show on Sunday night, Sean. You know, you're exactly right. And I do have a pretty good number of them uh, there on the uh, website. But we need to get the refresh, don't we? We need to refresh it up. I will do that. I will do that. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to try to do that tomorrow or Tuesday, or at least before Wednesday. Okay. I'll try to have next Did Sunday you night. mail out the gifts? I, I got the gifts mailed out. I found out the gift that, that did get. The one, the, I'm, the one I was concerned about? The one you're concerned about. Came back to me. I got the oh. wrong address on it, so oh. I found it, and I'm going to get, take the address you gave me. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to oh, resend. You haven't that done address. it yet? No, no. You, you know, it's soapy dollar time. It's a Apache. when is when is this going to occur? We work on Apache Indian time. Uh-huh. Here. It's it's yeah. it, it's all it's almost like. Uh, it's almost like Hispanic time. It's like mañana or cuando uh-huh. pueda, you know. Well, as interesting as I find that, I'm more interested in when you're going to do it. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. And uh, I'm interested in not trying to bind myself to a day, but I, I, I would say it would be this week for sure. Yeah, because that poor guy's been waiting. I know. Greg is waiting and waiting, and we're going to get that to him. Um, I'll get the correct address on the envelope, and we'll turn it right I sent it around. to you three times. Oh, I know you did. Uh-huh. Yeah, Greg, did you hear him? He's trying to, he's getting himself off the hook there. He's making sure you know that he did his job. He got the word to me. Uh, so let let Jacob and Pease get get on to Soapy Dollar here. But we'll get it out there to you. Well, what are we going to do, Jacob? Are we going to uh, well, ask tonight more is week thirty. Yep. I thought you could pick a couple of the questions that you usually do, and I got a couple questions for you out of the uh, actually. Uh, uh, well, uh, for a couple from the la- last couple chapters of the First Chronicles, and then going on to Second Chronicles. All right, let's give you the questions from from the Psalms. Uh, we read Psalms eighty one through eighty five, and we read this year. If you listen um, Monday through Friday in the evenings, nine thirty in the evening, you get a chance to hear a fifteen to twenty minute reading from the Bible each and every weeknight. And the entire Bible every year. So it's an exciting opportunity for you to be able to hear the actual Bible. Not just a few verses, not just a few select verses. And then uh, me uh, waxing eloquent or preaching about those verses. That's not the focus of that program. That program is there to let you hear the book itself. The, the entire Bible, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible. We're right now in the books of First and Second Chronicles. Uh, we always give a little bit of the historic background and the setting of the book, the author, and, and kind of who is writing to whom, what is taking place at the world at that time. And we give you that kind of background and then let you just hear uh, the scriptures. And Jacob told me something the other day that I was happy to hear. I'd kind of come to the same conclusion myself. As you study the uh, manuscripts, as you study the different language uh, uh, versions that we have of the Bible, just even the versions in English, the modern English versions, uh, I had already come to the, co- the conclusion that we're we're just very close to having um, a, a, probably the most accurate, the clearest, most accurate versions of 
both the old, the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testaments, I think that we've ever had with the Dead Sea Scrolls and there have been a couple of other discoveries over the last 20, even 25 years that have helped clarify even more. And Jacob was telling me the other day that he felt like we we had some very great versions. Not perfect, and you never will because, frankly, language is so dynamic. It is, it's an amazing thing of what we have in the Scriptures, in the Bible, uh, the the level that we can uh, determine uh, of its accuracy, of its reliability, is just uh, it's just wonderful. It's just tremendous. So the Bible you have there in your home, on the on your coffee table, or wherever you keep your Bible, your bedside table, in all likelihood, it, it is so very close to the original scriptures, the original texts that were written in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, whatever the versions, uh, whatever the languages were. Uh, you can um, you can feel a great deal of confidence in them, and uh, so we we read through those today and the modern good clear modern version the the New Living Translation and give you a chance to hear them and now we're going to ask you some questions coming from those passages from the Psalms eighty one through eighty five and First Chronicles twenty five we went right on to into the book of Second Chronicles up to chapter eighteen this past week so. Um, and originally these were one book, First and Second Chronicles, one uh, one work of history that was developed by Ezra, we know. Now let's see here. I've got Psalm 81. Psalm 81 is a holiday hymn. It was written uh, to celebrate one of the great uh, holy days of Israel, written to celebrate the time when God delivered Israel from uh, bondage to another nation. What nation was it that is celebrated? Psalm 81 celebrates uh, the time when God delivered Israel from what nation? All right, Psalm 81 verse 5 gives you the answer to that question. And then I want to, that's a little bit too hard a question. I was looking at that one. Um, here's what, both of these are a little bit difficult, but... It doesn't hurt to ask a little hard question every now and again. Um, according to Psalm 82, according to Psalm 82, uh, nah, I'm not going to ask. It's just too hard, Jacob. Uh, that one. Did you uh, I'd like you to notice that I'm not involved in the conversation. Okay. <laughs> All right. It, it, I'm afraid that one might be just. You have to know a little bit about a Hebrew word. May I make a humble suggestion? Yeah, ask an easier question. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay. Right. okay, let's go on to Psalm. This is a collection of Psalms, 73, 73 through 83. And uh, as temple choir leaders, I and my descendants collected Psalms 73 through 83. So those 10 or 11 Psalms, uh, there was a... Uh, a leader, a temple choir leader, that uh, he and his descendants collected. Which, uh, what number of you all of those is that? psalms, seventy-three through eighty-three. That's number, number five. Number five. Okay. I, I I don't know. Would you know the answer to that if I didn't? If you didn't read the answer there? Uh, well, maybe so, not, right? Well, maybe not. I I would guess, but because there are actually uh -huh. ten different authors of the psalms, you know. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that myself. No, I didn't know that. Okay, would you have guessed ten? No, <laughs> I might have. <laughs> I might have again. I guess somewhere around it. Okay, in Psalm eighty-four, 
Name a bird. One, there, there are two birds missing. Name one of the birds that enjoys the presence of God in his temple. Now, that's, a, that's my kind of question right there. In Psalm 84, two birds are actually mentioned. Name one of the birds that enjoys the presence of God in his temple. So they, you got one out of a two chance, and they're not, they're not extremely exotic birds. They're pretty common. And I'll tell you this. I'm not going to give you the answer, but the actual, we use the English name, but actually the name in Hebrew is correctly translated free bird. Is that right? Yes. A free bird. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the three questions from Psalm 81 through 85. So why don't you ask them the questions from Chronicles tonight? Okay. I got a couple questions for you here. Okay? I, okay. I, I'm ready. All right. Let's, um, let's do your number five. Uh-huh. And that would be from... Uh, uh, oh, I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's your question. You did a fine uh, job. I did a good one. Okay. On it's one. in First Chronicles 28, 19. Uh-huh. And it said, David received something directly from God and passed it on to Solomon. What was it? Hmm, that might surprise people, actually. David received something, and we're talking about a real thing, a real thing that you could hold in your hand, probably. Well, he received I, uh, it directly from God. I guess your hands are big. <laughs> <laughs> received it directly from God, and he passed it on to his son Solomon. What is it? It's mentioned in... First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight nineteen. Aha! Uh-huh. And I'd like to go down to your number sixteen, mm-hmm. and that would be in Second Chronicles. I think folks will know this one. Okay. Well, let's just see, because I'm so embarrassed to have to tell you this. The answer you got here is wrong. Oh well. Uh, but hey, forget it. That's just between you and I. Are you sure that's wrong? It's well, wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I. <laughs> okay. But hey, listen, I could be corrected. Okay. I wasn't there, right? That's true. Now, so here, uh, your number 16, the second question is, what was inside the Ark of the Covenant? You'll find the answer in Second Chronicles 5.10. And you sure that answer there is not right? Well, take a look at your Bible 5.10 and see what it says. Okay, all right, all right, I will. Okay. <laughs> in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 10, what, what items or what things were inside that golden box? But if this makes you feel any better... At one time, your answer was correct. Ah, uh, that does make me feel a little bit. I thought you would feel All better right. about it. All that. right. Thank you. Okay. Now, the next one is going to be a really good one, and we need to talk about this one. All right. You're number 17, and the answer is going to be in Second Chronicles 6.13. Second Chronicles 6.13. And the question is, when King Solomon prayed before all the people in the temple at the temple dedication, what position of his was his body. And you think that that's an interesting question? Well, it's it's extraordinarily interesting because it's one of those examples that tells you if you know what you're looking at, something's wrong. Okie dokie. Ah, all right, all right. I thought this told you something was right. No, but, uh, you see, I, I'm dying to say why, but we'll wait for the answer. Okay, if when anybody should want to discuss... What King Solomon, what was his body position when he prayed? It's in Second Chronicles 6.13, and we may elucidate. What was his body position uh, as he prayed before all the people at the temple? That, he, that was a very dramatic event, a big public affair. It, it, indeed it was. Yeah. Uh, and the phone number, if they wanted to call in and answer. Oh, did Solomon questions. have a phone? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he had a he had an iPhone. He had a, an iPad, uh-huh. the most recent G5, I think it was. Uh, it, the phone number here, if you want to call in and answer the question, is three four zero nine five eight five. Wait, I, was, I was writing that down. Would you say it again? Three forty ninety five eighty five. Oh, great! Thanks. You got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. One more or what? A couple more. Well, what uh, do you got? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're number 22. All right. When the nation split, that means in half, that doesn't mean one left. Uh-huh. When the nation split, what did the Levites in the northern tribes do and why? Interesting. Now, you, that wasn't in half, was it? No. But the nation did split. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, I think everybody knows about that. Hopefully, you know that after uh, Solomon died... The uh, some of the tribes in the north split off from the tribes in the south, and so that started this whole new era. But what happened? Uh, some of the Levites that lived in the northern tribes left and came went south. Why did that happen? All right, and it's found in Second Chronicles chapter eleven, verses thirteen through seventeen. Oh, you got to ask one more. Uh oh, what queen? visited Solomon and inquired about his people and his God. What queen of another nation, of another people group, visited uh, Israel, visited Solomon in in Jer- Jerusalem and to inquire about his people and about his God? Based, I suppose, on the rumors or the word that had spread of his great wisdom. I don't know. But there it is in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter nine. I think nine. wisdom and uh, how he decorated the temple and his house and the money he had, that kind of thing. Okay, are you kidding or is that real? No, I'm serious. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, that seems to be the idea. Uh, it's an interesting thing to me as I look at it, though, because uh, you know they made a movie about that, which of course Hollywood Hollywoodized it. But uh, I think. I, I don't know. It just seems it seems intriguing when you read the story by itself, mm-hmm. uh, in the spiritual sense that, you know, the kings of Israel and mm-hmm. the, the people of Israel and the kings of Israel were supposed to be a, a nation set apart, and they were supposed to uh, give great attention to honoring God and glorifying the true and living God and sharing the knowledge of the true and living God with others. And actually, isn't this a case where we see a we saw we see Solomon doing that to a little bit. Well, uh, I, I guess mean, you, the guy. he did have his own missionary. He had three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines and Queen of Sheba. So I would say he was on a missionary journey. <laughs> yeah, he was on a journey, all right. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, we can say all these things negative and things that he didn't do right. Maybe we can talk about that tonight. But at least it, it seems like one occasion where he kind of did try to. Uh, honor God before this visiting dignitary. I don't know. You'll have a. You can give us a, a viewpoint how the people of Israel traditionally how they see that particular uh, event in the Bible. Uh, but there you have it, folks. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions. Uh, if you can answer any of them, and would like to call in and answer them, three four zero ninety five eighty five is the uh, local phone number here. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If uh, anyone happens to be listening, uh, listening via the internet, and you you would like to call in from anywhere in the continental United States, you can use our toll free number, which is eight um, uh oh eight seventy seven. There you go, eight seventy seven six thirty five seven five seven, 
877-630-5757. So if you'd like to give us a call answering any of those questions, we'd love to hear from you. We've got some great prizes we can send to you, and we can have a good time just talking about the Scriptures. And and really, to we, Jacob and I have been talking a little bit about not only explaining the Scriptures and, and the truth and the validity and the and the, the scriptures as they existed for the time in which they were written, but we can we need to begin to make act, make some um, application of these scriptural principles to our lives today and the world we live in today, and that's something we want to emphasize a little bit more maybe than we have in the past. We've got elections coming up here in our own city. We're electing uh, uh, we're having a runoff election for the mayor, the mayoral race of our city. Uh, the pastors of our city have come together. They have established a, a, what is called a pastors' pack, a, politi- a political action committee that uh, pastors, are, after great prayer and looking at the scriptures, they have uh, they have come up with some guidelines and some encouraging for the for God's people across the city. And I have their report in my hand of the uh, city of San Antonio mayoral runoff citizen stewardship stewardship election guide. So I have that in my hand between uh, Ivy Taylor and Letitia Vandepute. So I'll give you the results of the pastors, pastors pack, uh, their view and thoughts as they try to look at which of the candidates have a more um, a more biblical worldview, a more biblical view of the values and and so on of our of not only our nation, of course, and our political the world we live in here in, in the United States in Texas and right here in our own city of San Antonio. So. I'll be sharing that with you tonight as we go through the program. And you can call in and we'll try to... Uh, this is a very political era, isn't it? The time of Solomon. The, after Solomon, the whole the nation divides. is a, almost a civil war. They avoid a civil conflict, a civil war. But uh, the nation divides. And we have a very divided nation in America today. A very divided nation uh, with a lot of very uh, contradictory values that are being uh, placed against each other. The worldview, uh, there, there are some of those who have a biblical, a conservative biblical worldview of how we should treat one another, how we should live. And then the, there's a whole other group that, that has a, a different worldview entirely uh, from the scriptures and from, um, from what we see, understand from the biblical worldview. So we need to make some application. It isn't a matter of just knowing the Bible. Uh, there's some real significance that... We, the lessons that we can learn from the nation of Israel, what happened to the people of Israel uh, when they didn't follow after their God, when they followed after uh, ungodly leaders, and so on. So we want to we want to start being a little bit more practical minded, and hopefully um, you can come along and be, feel free to share your input as well about those matters. Should we take a phone call immediately, Jacob? Or oh, I think so. Okay, let's get Harold on the line with us, calling in tonight to the Bible Live. Quiz show. Hi, Harold. Hello. How are you doing this evening? We're doing great. How are you enjoying the books of Chronicles this year? The this selected history from the from Ezra, the scribe that wrote uh, back after the people had returned to Israel. Well, I guess there's some things to say about it. All right, let's hear yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you want me to answer a question or two? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you try to do that? Do you have any in mind, or do you? Well, want to I do. Uh, in in Psalms, I was thinking the bird was a mockingbird. You know, I don't think that's right. You mean I missed? I don't. I think you missed that one. Let me see. Uh, let me make sure because I'm going to open up my Bible and look at it. That's not the answer I have here. 
Uh, it, but Jacob says that they, the translation may have been uh, wrong there. Is that right? Well, no, well, I see it. It's a sparrow. You, uh, you got it with the sparrow, yeah. The sparrow, sparrow. And the swallow. The sparrow yeah, and the swallow. The, the sparrow is how they translate it because they identify the bird. But in Hebrew, it actually means the free bird. And why oh. it's free is because sparrows live in among human beings. And they do even here in America, right? Right, exactly. And they're free, but they live among human beings. And uh, remember that famous story that... Uh, the, Fellow Jesus told in the New Testament yeah. about oh, yeah. a sparrow. And a coin and two sparrows and all that business. Yeah. Well, what he's referencing is since it means free bird, he's saying us you know, us Jews are sort of like sparrows. We have to hop around and live among the Romans. Ah interesting. Wow. Yeah. Even the sparrow finds a home, it says, mm-hmm. and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of Heaven's armies, my King and my God. And Mr. Soapy Dollar's way in the background. I can hardly hear him. What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. I'm talking about the sparrow and the swallow here, at least in that version. You got that one right. Let's let's ask uh, Harold. I was going to ask you a question first. Okay. What would be that I was um, 82. You all were afraid to ask a question in uh, chapter 82, Psalms Uh 82? Okay. Would you ask me and see if I can... Uh, the, the hard one, right? I don't know if it's hard. It's probably yeah. easy for other people. I have no idea what it is. According to Psalm 82, uh-huh. what group of people will definitely be judged by the Lord? There's a certain uh-huh. group of people that are actually said it, mentioned by name that, boy, God's going to get you. You're going to... He's going to... You're going to be in big trouble. Are we going to a commercial break? Yeah, we are. That gives you oh, a little time, goodness. right? Oh, thank God, actually. Oh. <laughs> I'll be here waiting. All right. Then All right. Harold is going to be looking up the answer to that question. Uh, in Psalm 82, what group of people will definitely be judged by God? You'll be interested in the answer yourself, especially here at election time. It's a very good passage for us to take a look at. 340-9585. That's the phone line. You can call in. We'll be back. After this short break, Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. 
Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work, we had got our oil done before. It could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Instead of watching all that other stuff on TV, and there's a lot of it you don't really want to see anyway, what if you could watch, say, Greg Laurie on demand whenever you want? Be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, now you can. Forget the TV, boot up your PC, and log on to Lightsource.com. That's where you'll find streaming video of A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. Ministry videos on demand at Lightsource.com. Get to know more about churches and pastors in the San Antonio area just by clicking on the Church of the Week link at kslr.com. Hear the daily devotional and archived Church of the Week programs at kslr.com. AM 630 KSLR, kslr.com. I'm because you were forsaken, Lord. I'm accepted. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. We've got Harold on the phone line, and we asked him a question that I, I said it was a little bit of a hard question, but but Harold wanted to give it a shot, and that's all right. This is an open book quiz uh, program. You can open your Bible. That's why we give you the passage where you can find the answer. So hopefully. During the break, Harold has been able to go and find that passage and find out what the answer is. Um, let me see. The question was, um, let me see if I can find it. It's in chapter 82. Um, according to Psalm 82, what group of people are, are, are separated out specifically for judgment by God? They will definitely be judged by the Lord. According to Psalm 82.1, and as you read the rest of the psalm, it becomes clear and evident as well. Are you still with us? Yes. Harold, yes, good, course. good. And and I did want to say I haven't turned a Bible page. I'm on the same pages that I was. I, it, it's just me and the Bible here. And okay. And you guys. That's good. Well, so uh, looking down at, at the Bible, I would, I changed my mind about three or four times already, but... Um, Does the new one work better than the last one? Your new mind. I wish I had my first one back. (laughs) (laughs) That original mind is usually the best. I wish I had my original mind. But I would say God's going to judge people that that judges people. 
Oh. <laughs> That's a very, uh, uh, is that wise or knowledge or understanding, Jacob? Uh, Which I, is so, that? I, I think that would probably be knowledge. Knowledge, okay. And, and I, I saw the basketball going around the rim and it finally went in. Harold did good on that. All right, he around the that's rim a, and finally went in. Yeah, he, that's yeah he's, I can't, boy, that's a great, great answer. He's going to be judging people who, who, who are called upon and not, not illicitly, not wrongly. There are people who are, in our society, in fact, all of us are called upon at a certain level as believers to be discriminating, to be thoughtful, and to judge uh, matters of our lives and uh, our values and so on. And yeah. so it says here that God is going to definitely judge uh, unfair, particularly unfair judges, those uh, in the culture, in the society of that era, who were called upon to, to judge the people of Israel, to decide civil or even criminal actions in the in the culture in the society and they were to follow uh the torah they were to follow the god's laws as is written there in the scriptures may i add that quick thing we talked about during the break about i don't the, see how you could keep from it okay in matthew where everybody quotes us in fact people who are not followers of the bible I like to use this against people who are there i say hey you're judging me and it says judge not lest you be judged everybody knows that line but they fail to read the second line the second line that goes with that is by what measure you judge you shall be judged and so what it's saying is that if you make up your own laws instead of using the Torah, the next guy after you will also make up his own laws. See, Jesus was saying you do judge. He was in favor of judging, but the judges in Israel could only use the Torah. If they did not use the Torah, they were an unfair or improper judge. And so he's saying, by all means, use judgment, but you must use the Torah. If you make up your own, the next guy makes up his, and the Torah doesn't get followed anymore. That's why it says... And slowly you move further and further away exactly. from the Torah, from the law. of So he's of actually saying, judge, by all means, judge. I'm, I always die whenever I hear anybody say that, because I always want to interrupt other people's conversations. So I say, that's not what that says. It says exactly the opposite. He says, judge, by all means, judge. All but right, yes. Yeah, I was going to give, you know, I, I was thinking at first, you know, verse 8, 82, verse 8, but that was going to just kind of stereotype the whole world, you know, where it says, rise up, O God, and judge the earth. For, for all, all the, the nations, nations belong, belong to you. Yeah. And, yeah, okay, but we're trying to be specific here, I, I'm thinking, and uh, we're after a, a group of people that we put our trust in for their best. Well, you, you nailed it, if you'll pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah. You got it exactly right. And again, Harold, this is one of those occasions where we can look at it in the scriptures and we can understand it in the context of the Jewish people and then the Jewish era and, and the culture of that time. But also it passes to our generation, to our world today. Uh, we have, in a sense, the laws of God. We have, uh, we have a constitution in America, a very unique constitution that was based on, uh, to everybody, everybody knows that it's true that Historically, our Constitution was written to a great extent based on biblical principles, on 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 Torah, on laws, uh, even our judicial system, and the from the size of the you know, the courts, that, from the local courts to the higher courts of appeal, into the the Supreme Court, and even and so on. A lot of our systems and a lot of our processes are really gleaned from the Bible. We have a Constitution that is probably one of the great, brilliant. Uh, genius documents of any era that has held together our society and our culture for 200 years, and yet we are slowly 
uh, trashing our Constitution. Our, our well, politicians will disobey it. They'll break it on one side. And, and the same process that Jacob just mentioned, if, if you judge and you pass judgment using your own laws, making up your own laws instead of following the, you know, the Scriptures or calling the Constitution, then the next group's going to come in and they're not going to correct it. They're going to take your abuse of the, of the Constitution and they're going to build on it and they're going to use it in their favor. So slowly right. but surely... Both of our political parties, we have moved away from the Constitution, this brilliant document that has served our nation so well. And so we see the same process taking place even in our own times. Yes. Uh, may I ask either one of you a question? I wonder if some of that, what you just said, would relate to Deuteronomy 1620, where we talked about this in the past, where it says, Justice, Justice. Uh, you, you pro justice, show. justice, how you pursue that you yeah, may yeah, live long you. upon the land. Actually, that's my favorite verse. Is that oh. right? I guess I nailed it then. Yeah, yeah, you did. I didn't know uh, Jacob had a favorite verse. That's uh, actually, yeah, that's my favorite. Justice, justice, and uh, the best interpretation is when the two words appear together in Hebrew. I know a lot of people express different opinions. But, of course, I am an expert in my opinion. That's right. And I only rely upon the great... I'm beginning to be an expert in your opinion. This is true. And and actually, I would say this, that uh, the greatest sages I learned this meaning from. And so I follow theirs rather than other people's. But when it says justice, justice, it means the result must be just, but the procedure must be just. You can't torture to get, even if the result is right, you can't torture to get there. Both the result and the procedure, both, have to be just. That's a, Yeah, it really is a remarkable passage. That, that, that passage, verse 20, just comes at the end of a series of verses that talk about the importance of justice uh, for the people, for laws that will rule the nation. And this one, uh, it, it takes that emphasis of justice, justice, and it says, let true justice prevail, mm-hmm. so you may live and occupy the land that the Lord your God mm-hmm. is giving to you. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, I have a, another comment. It might be a little bit funny. I have a, uh, I have a cousin, a first cousin. He's a Baptist preacher here in uh, oh, San Antonio and, uh, at a bound, a bound uh, <laughs> Baptist church. Uh-huh. And anyway, he was, he was making a comment of trying to be funny. Well, he was funny about the animals on the ark. And you had a question here about the ark. Uh-huh. What was in there, and so oh, the ark said, of, that was the, we were talking about the ark of the covenant, but you oh, talking, I thought it was the ark of the something. What was in it? Oh, Noah, Noah's ark. Okay, you you thought we were talking about Noah's ark? Yeah, it, right. was, you know, it was it was the ark. It was a side temple. They kept little animals in there. You have just <laughs> you have just made it funny, Harold. You well, you succeeded. You said it was going to be funny. You yeah. did great. Well, you know, my mother did that to me one time. <laughs> I, I was explaining to her about the ark, and she says, "Oh no, Harold. I think I told you before. It's all over the world." And I said, "Mama, not that ark." The yeah. Ark of the Covenant. You have but to be the careful. little comment he made was if if God or Noah remembered to put everything in the ark, even two skunks, how did he forget the two unicorns? And so I tried to approach it with a biblical <laughs> verse. You know, maybe the word of God is maybe stronger than what I might say. And, and uh-huh. I use that part in Proverbs. I don't remember the verse where you may throw the dice, but God is the one that has the yeah. Judge on their last outcome, or however yeah. that goes. He determines how they uh, how they yeah. fall. Yeah. Yes, he thought that was funny. Uh, oh, well, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, actually is a fairly good. That is the rumor, right? That the uh, unicorns don't exist anymore because they missed their appointment with the ark. I, 
Isn't that some legend about that? Actually, I saw a very funny cartoon. There's two dinosaurs on a hill. I actually saw this in a Jewish magazine. Uh-huh. There's two dinosaurs on the hill, and they're looking at each other, and the ark is floating off in the water, but the water hadn't reached the top of the hill where the dinosaurs are. And the caption was, was that today? <laughs> Oh, oh, no. <laughs> they missed their uh, Well, okay. We could have done the same thing with some unicorns, evidently. Yeah. Well, Harold, thanks for calling. Those, yeah. are, those are good uh, good observations. Who is on the line? No, uh, he hung up. He got tired of waiting. His name oh, is Jerry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Well, anyway, you know, Soapy, I, I enjoy your show. And thanks, one Harold. of the great things that I uh, I do, uh, what I appreciate about all this, is, is that we talk about, you know, religion and Bibles and t- different types of uh, perceptions on different religions, and we respect each other's religions. And um, that, to me, that was a lesson I had to learn. And uh, so, you it know, is. because, you know, it's really easy to pick on another religion to make yourself feel better. And I had a rabbi teach me that, you know, because I thought, well, we're going to get after these people now because we got all the answers. <laughs> yeah. and, and no, Harold, you have to respect all religions. And that's... If we can get past that, yeah. then I think we've done a lot. Well, we've we've talked about that between uh, Jacob and me. We've talked about the fact that as long as we keep the scriptures, the Bible itself, and God's word itself as the focus, then we're just talking about the scriptures, and we let the let the things fall where they may. You know, people uh, can call in with their particular perspective and view, but we're not denominational or sectarian in our view. We're just we're actually just taking the passages themselves, opening them up. And and it's really I, I think it's proving to be very very helpful, and it break down, it does I think it helps break down some of those barriers, some of those things yeah. that divide us in our different kind of religious groups and denominations and settings. We can respect each other. There's more that unites us. Truly, there is actually more that unites us than what divides us. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I, this I think feels that's what like I'm my old uh, Sunday night services, you know, that we used to go to years and years ago. Somehow we got away from it and. So it, well, you know, it, it takes me back, like to being in church on uh, Sunday night, like we're supposed to be. Well, here we are. <laughs> Maybe here some of us are. supposed to be in bed by now. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Harold. Thanks just, for calling. Just in, consider this oh, your church. You. All righty. Thank you very much. Right. Well, thank oh. you, Harold. Great answer. All and, right. Uh, who? Yes. I forgot who we lost. It, okay. it was Jerry. Uh, Jerry, give us a call back. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you had an, uh, an insight or a view that you wanted to share. Maybe you wanted to answer a question uh-huh. from uh, for us as well. From our list of questions, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Yeah, we were actually already addressing the envelope for Jerry's prizes when he we lost. Oh him. yeah, we were already trying to put the address on there. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go back through some of the questions really quickly. Psalm eighty one is a holiday hymn written to celebrate the time when God delivered Israel from another nation. What nation did God deliver Israel from? That's celebrated in Psalm eighty one. Uh, as temple choir leaders, and this comes from the Psalm 73 through 83. There are 11 psalms there. As temple choir leaders, I and my descendants collected all 11 of those psalms, 73 through 83. Who was this famous um, composer? This famous uh, he, he gathered together. They they either composed them or they found the tunes and the melodies and. And uh, the lyrics there, put them together. Who is this famous um, choir leader? And he and he had many descendants that came for years after him. 
And then down into the books of the Chronicles, David received something directly from God and passed it on to his son Solomon. What was that in in First Chronicles twenty eight nineteen? First Chronicles twenty eight nineteen. What did Solomon pass on to his disciples? What was inside the Ark of the Covenant? Now Jacob has corrected me a little bit well, on this let's, let's just, question. Let's leave it out there and we'll look it up okay. together at the right time and see if it can be twinked. What was found inside that gold plated box? that the people of Israel kept in, in the Holy of Holies, what was found inside the Ark of the Covenant. We're not talking about Noah's boat now. We're talking about that gold-covered box with the, um, what was it, the seraphim or cherubim? Uh, seraphim on, on the top of the box. Uh, cherubim. Was it cherubim? Goodness gracious. I should have remembered that. Oh, well, that's okay. Okay, thank you. When King, Sol- <laughs> when King Solomon prayed before all the people at the temple dedication, what was his body position? You know, we have books that are written now about body language and all that. Uh, evidently, King Solomon was trying to communicate something. I've always thought it was kind of a positive message, but Jacob's got a different take on that, or the, I guess the traditional Jewish view. Well, it's uh, it's a posture that's different than how Jews pray. Oh, I see. When King Solomon prayed before all the people at the temple dedication, you remember that very famous incident is found in Second Chronicles chapter six. What was the position of his body? Then, when Queen, um, what Queen, <laughs> what Queen visited Solomon and inquired about his people and his God? Very interesting. In chapter nine of Second Chronicles, what Queen uh, visited Solomon? And finally, when the nation uh, of Israel split, the uh, northern tribes splitting off from the southern tribes and so on. What did the Levites in the, the Levites now in the northern tribes do, and why did they do it? What did the Levites in the northern tribes do, and why did they do it? That's found in Second Chronicles chapter 11, verses 13 through 17. Should we add another question, Jacob, that uh, I, since I, several, several of them were answered already? Well, uh, it's up to you. Or just leave it like that for the moment. Well, there's a lot of questions. There's, uh, they, how about asking somebody to call and make up their own question? All right. They could do that as well. You can call in and ask us a question. And maybe we could get Jerry and Shireen both to call in. That would be nice. Oh, yes. All of our... All of our um, Favorite callers. <laughs> and that would be you. So go ahead and dial the phone, 340-9585, 340-9585. And meanwhile, I, I was mentioning a while ago, Jacob, that this decision we talked about, that we need to bring some of the, some of the lessons that we learned from the Scriptures uh, as the people of Israel moved further and further away from the laws of God uh, because there you know, one group would, would drift away from the Scriptures and then maybe the next group of judges would come in and they would use their own judgment. It's like you said, that passage from Jesus in Matthew 7. But we've done the same thing. And so we've slowly but surely we've seen our country uh, from top to bottom, really, drift away from biblical values and godly biblical leaders. And so I was just looking here at this past week. I received a voting guide from the uh, pastor's pack. Uh, 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 godly, Bible-believing pastors here in our city are coming together, praying for our city. They've been very active in praying and, and encouraging the congregations, but they've come together and say, you know, we really need to 
begin to take a stand for biblical values. And, and uh, they have uh, sent this out about the election. They, they very definitely endorse Ivy Taylor as the candidate for believers, for those who are interested in uh, electing a, a mayor for the city who is a true believer, who knows Christ in a very personal way, and a clear personal way, that knows the Lord. Uh, Suzanne and my daughter Stacy had an appointment actually with Ivy Taylor and her uh, chief of staff went down and visited and talked with him very pointedly, very specifically about spiritual values and, and the place of Scripture and the place of the Bible and forming their worldview, which, which of course, anybody governs or makes decisions based on the way they see the world. And so uh, Ivy shared her heart and opened her heart and her values. And they have a list here of uh, from tax increases to uh, police and firefighters contributing to their own health care, council pay increases, abortion without restrictions, traditional marriage protection. And in every one of these areas, Ivy Taylor takes the clear biblical view and Letitia uh, opposes or does not support uh, the clear biblical view in most of these areas. I I, I think what uh, Letitia for me, now I, I don't know much except uh, Ivy has really, she has a de- degree in her study in municipal uh, um, administration. She's done a great job, but Letitia has been so many different jobs and tasks. I, I kind of get the view that basically she's just a politician looking for an office to hold. She's tried to run for about eight or ten, it seems like, different posts in different offices. And uh, Does it not say that Letitia has a degree in something? I, I'm, I'm looking for it right now to find out what her background I didn't get that off of this sheet. Uh, she may have a degree in something. Well, I know I her husband heard. is the owner of that the flag business, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the I, I had heard she had a degree, but uh, in a particular item, but I could be wrong. Okay, now, I, I doesn't say it right here. I'm looking for it in the the small print at the bottom of the post here. I do have some more information in my hand too. But anyway, I uh, thought it was interesting that our the pastors pack this group of uh, I, I know most of these pastors are good godly men who care about their their congregations, care about our city. And the values that we live by, that they'd be biblical values, and so um, they they have her voting their voting records based on everything from the things I mentioned to uh, toll roads and all that sort of thing, and they evaluated all of those different matters and came to uh, the point of endorsing uh, Ivy Taylor. So that may be helpful to some of you who, uh, you know, the early voting is now open uh, for you to go and vote. And the only only uh, thing we're voting on this time is this, the mayor of our city. It's an election runoff. So I want to encourage you, don't be silent. Don't stand on the, by the wayside. That's how we lose. That's how the people of God have, uh, have gotten. And partly the nation has gotten into the problems we have from top to bottom is because God's people have stood aside. They haven't uh, prayed. They haven't spent the time in prayer and thinking through those values from the from a point of view of God's word, and then going and taking the time to, to vote. So I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, actually, the the, pastors pack, the pastors pack here encourages us to vote. You know, perhaps Ivy, this would be a Ivy perfect Taylor. place that uh, before questions come up to talk about uh, um, uh, one of the guys, Solomon. Okay, yeah, I think it would be. I just got a information. Uh, somebody says that uh, Vanderpute is a pharmacist. 
Uh, I think you're right. I believe I, I, I believe uh, I remember that as well. So, uh, and assuming you have to be have be degree to be a pharmacist, uh, it would seem that she has a degree. Right. Unless uh, unless that's not required, I don't know. Is that required that you have a degree in pharmacy? I no, I don't. Oh, I think so. Uh, I, I believe it is actually, Jacob. I know you have to be well, I, I licensed by the state and all that. I sort of thing. think uh, I, I think I was being tongue in cheek. Most of what I remember by uh, most of what I remember about Leticia is just that the great number of offices she's tried to run for, mm-hmm. and then I remember that she was part of that group of. Democratic senators or someone that uh, uh-huh. when they weren't getting their way in the Texas Senate or something, they, they took off in a van and they oh. went and hid, hid them. They went to another state. I went outside the state so that they couldn't be called upon to vote. Oh, is that right? That, well, she was part uh, of that group. It seems that her family owns a pharmacy on the west side. Okay. So uh, I think, you know, that she may be uh, have a degree in pharmacy. That sounds, it seems like I do remember that. Yeah, and of course what's troubling me at this moment, should I share? I think I will. How come <laughs> not? that's not at least listed on that literature you had? Yeah, I would think so. I don't see it here. I always get a little concerned about that. My comment. daughter and, state and Suzanne, um, well, the, you, they, they, didn't, they, they, they didn't prepare, some but, but let's be fair, they didn't prepare the literature you're looking at. No, they didn't. So but it kind of gives the audience their parents that uh, when I ask the question, so my daughter and Suzanne, but I don't want to leave anybody thinking no, they no. did that no, document. I'm getting this from the PAC, uh-huh. the Pastor's PAC yeah. uh, website. And... Um, well, that's right. I'll look through it again more carefully. Some yeah. of the, it could well, be it that they may have that be, information. But, but it wasn't your family that did it. No, no, no. No. No, no. this comes from the Pastor's uh-huh. PAC uh, Voter's Guide and from the nonpartisan, uh, nonpartisan Voter's Guide, Mayor of San Antonio... Um, candidacy responses they sent out a questionnaire and the candidates answered uh, the questionnaire you have their answers the statements and their answers below from each one of the candidates and uh, so we could we could look at those but what were you going to say about um, well I was thinking since you're bringing up about how people begin to judge it goes one way or the other they don't follow what we would call uh, at that time the Torah the laws or today we may be you know a strict uh, uh, constitutional view. Well, I mean, we, we're so far off now that it's not like a mayor of our city is going to uh, is called there to necessarily well, ter- interpret the Constitution, but they make decisions that are either in line with right. the original intent of the Constitution or they don't. Well, that's all true, but we also got to be fair that a lot of times, even the ones that are faithful to obey whatever laws are passed, they can only go by what laws are passed. That's right. That becomes... Uh, that that becomes settled law as well, precedent. And so that's what I was saying. We've gotten so far off now that we've lost sight of the original, actually the original law that bound us together, that guided us so successfully uh, through the, the uh, decades, and that is our Constitution. Mm-hmm. And small decisions and small decisions were made outside the constitutional mandates or uh, or perspective, and now we've just we're way off. Uh, and uh, I don't know how you come back to it except that someone begins to take with a biblical view and begins to make decisions about your community, about the city, uh, based on what is that biblical view and the, the value, the, the real um, the real interest of the people and interest of the, of, 
homes and families well, and Well, may jobs. I give a quick example? In the Bible, a false witness, if he's a false witness, he ends up getting the penalty that the innocent person he was wrongly being accused of, right? Right, exactly. That's the law in the Bible, good law. Uh-huh. But in our, we have now have federal laws that says that the guy who becomes a witness gets a, gets a cut in his sentence and encourages people to be false witnesses. It's exactly right. opposite. Yeah, in, in, oh, in the world of law, yeah. that's just one of the many ways that we've Christians moved to away. bring the heart and mind of Christ to all of life. Oh, we've come back uh, to our break already. Okay, well, Di- let's tell Diana. Diana, Diana we've got to go to a break. Just hang on for a moment. We'll get to you right after the break. Yes. Right, Sophie, or is well, that right? hang on here. I'm not so sure. what. Uh, I'm not sure that's our uh, break right there. Oh. Uh, we didn't go to our music break, John, John so I'm going to uh, go ahead and t- should I go ahead and take the call from Diana? Hi, Diana. Yes. I'm glad you're on the phone with us tonight. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we've got a little bit of a technical thing going on. It means it means we might have to break away to go into our top of the hour break. Uh, but maybe John can help me get set up. But, but uh, did you call maybe to answer a question or did you have a comment about the? Uh... I have a comment. Good. Love to hear from you. Go ahead. Oh, um, uh, I was just uh, telling Harold that I, I spend time with a friend every year, and we go out and have margaritas and go and cry with each other and go and talk <laughs> with each other and uh-huh. catch up on things that we have to catch up on for a whole year. And today I said, oh, I, I can go, but I, I need to come back and I need to be on at home by 9 o'clock so that I can listen to the show. And she goes, what show? And so I told her about the show, and she and she said, well, I might I might want to call. And I said, you really? What are you going to ask? She goes, well... I have a son, my son who's working, you know, we're Catholic. She said, she told me that, and then she said, but my, his new wife is, uh, Christian. <laughs> she wanted to ask, and I, I, I was stunned by that because, I, to me, it's like they're both Christians, but somehow or another they did, they can't understand that, and it's just, they don't differentiate. It's so interesting that you say that because my wife, we teach out at Lackland Air Force Base to the basic trainees that going into the military, into the Air Force, uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 of them every Sunday morning. It's an exciting opportunity. But uh, we were talking to one of the ladies who helps coordinate the religious education for Catholics. And she said it's a sad thing that a lot of our Catholic uh, young people don't realize that they're Christians. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Get back to you. That's what it takes is that we've got to be determined. As God's people in our own land now, in the times in which we live, to pray and live out the, the the laws of God in our own lives and families, and try as best we can to influence our community and our society uh, with that message of the gospel and with the the scriptures, with the power of God's word, to return to those values that brought greatness 
uh, wrote prosperity to our nation. So we are we're trying to make some applications tonight as we read the book of Second First and Second Chronicles. It's, it's every it's about economy, it's about jobs, it's about employment, it's about family life, it's about uh, sexuality, it's about uh, all of the things that we are debating in our own culture today. The Bible is not silent about these values and, and uh, about the the role of of servant leadership in our communities and in our, in our politics. So uh, we're trying to give a little meaning to that as we work through it tonight. And Diana has called in before the break. Diana, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Good. I appreciate your calling. And we wanted to, uh, you were talking, uh, remind me of what we were talking about before we took the break. Just that I have a friend who's very concerned about her yeah. son who is Catholic, and she has a new daughter-in-law who considers herself Christian. And uh, I was, she was concerned about it, and she was going to call, but I don't think she uh-huh. she did or is gonna. So um, I just basically told her, I said, you know, I go through this all the time, especially at the schools. You know, the kids have the same mentality, and yeah. you, know, you want to say so much, but you don't because you just—it's not my job to do that. That you know, it's basically. All the same God, just different Internet service. <laughs> yeah, we have different. Uh, I, I was telling to you the the uh, word that the leader, one of the leaders of the Catholic uh, religious education programs out at Lackland, we have these young men and women coming from all over America to be, go through basic training. And, of course, they don't abandon their right to worship and so on. And so uh, the commitment is made to let people have an opportunity of, of uh, worshiping, of have religious education opportunity for whatever background they come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are lots of different uh, faith groups, uh, everything from um, Muslim to Wiccan to, uh, you know, of course, uh, Mormon and Jehovah's Witness. All the different groups are represented. And people, young men and women, have this opportunity, even as they go through basic training, Mm-hmm. To uh, to have a time of worship and growing in the in the scriptures or in their uh, their particular faith group and the the Catholic woman was telling us this week that it's so ironic that many of their young people don't realize that the Catholics are Christians that they are followers of Jesus Christ and they believe in the the, the essential gospel message of of uh, Christ being the Messiah that Jesus being the Messiah uh, and the Redeemer the Savior. And they are coming into a relationship with God through faith in Him. And um, you're right. I, I don't know how we've gotten away so much to where we're just kind of divide and identify ourselves by groups. We don't we don't actually think about the content of what we believe, but in in what group we belong. And that seems to be happening in not only in our maybe in our religious realm, but in our, our political realm as well. It, it happens. So uh, it's a good word you bring to us. A good reminder, Diana. Thanks for calling. Let me jump over and take. Another listener, I'm not sure who this is uh, right now, but let's go over. I'm, I'm thinking it might be Jerry calling back in, but who is this calling tonight? Oh, we did. We lost them there. Um, you can give us a call again, 340-9585. We are available to take the call. So give us a call, 340-9585 if You'd like to be a part of the Bible Live conversation tonight. We're talking about the scriptures as they relate to us as a people today. And frankly, there are, there are very few passages that don't relate to the world we live in today. Uh, 
the, these principles that are there, particularly in America, in our own country, because we, our culture and our society, our political system was actually built and based upon, uh, to a very strong extent, on the scriptural and the biblical worldview. So it's an, it's a very interesting thing to observe and to make these applications to our own society today. Jacob, you had a, oh, good. Maybe we have our caller calling back in. Our call screener has exited for just a moment, but let's go. Who am I talking with tonight? Good to be Diana again. Did we get disconnected? Oh, I, we did, Diana. I went to catch the, the other caller calling oh. in to be a part of the program, and I and I uh, was thinking it might be Jerry. He had gotten cut off earlier, so we're trying to get over to him. Yeah, I, I just want, had wanted to say thank you to you that for calling in and bringing that to our attention, and it is... I think it's kind of, uh, it's a symptomatic of, of what we're going through in our culture that we're losing uh, the ability to actually think and examine and make decisions on the content of what we believe, and we're just kind of thinking in terms of group mentality. I'm this or I'm that or I'm this. Or, you know, thinking about what's on the label instead of what's inside the bottle. And uh, I think we need to go back to examining all of us, uh, whether we're voting or whether we're involved in our in what congregation and churches we're involved in, to think about what we're actually believing, what we actually, uh, the belief content of our faith, the belief content of our political views and so on, and make sure they line up. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, make sure they line up with the Scriptures. If we are people who are following after the God of the Bible, uh, then we should try to make our views based on the principles that are there in the Scriptures and uh, kind of be become a little bit more aware Sometimes of uh, the groups that we're affiliated with, sometimes they've drifted long way away from the scriptures. So uh, may I ask, uh, Diana, how do you feel about that? Uh, well, I'm Jewish, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good thought in mind as well. Uh, you and Jacob has talked to me an awful lot about the you know in the Jewish world you have a Reformed, you have uh, the Orthodox, and so on the different views. And to what extent are, are you remaining faithful to that? to the Torah and to, to God's Word, the principles that are there, uh, I find it often very amazing, to be honest, how often uh, a great number of Jewish citizens are, are actually kind of very liberal and, and uh, democratic in their process, and yet the Democratic Party in general seems to move away from like support of Israel and other things that we would think would be pretty basic too. Well, do you know what today is? Today is the 50th anniversary, today, Soapy, of... When the Pope, now this is a wrinkle, I understand it's a wrinkle perhaps for Catholics, certainly for some evangelicals, but the Pope had actually issued a proclamation that in the church's view, their official view, and even cardinals had disagreed with this, but that the Jews could did not have to go through Jesus, believe it or not. And uh, and the American cardinals, when it was done, did not agree with him. They had the right to disagree. They did choose to disagree. But actually, he had taken the position that the Jews could be handled by God with what they call the Old Covenant, if you like. But uh, And today is the anniversary of that ruling. That was a decision that came out 50 years ago. Yes, huh? and it's interesting. Now, I want to be honest, it was opposed by many, many Catholics. For sure, yeah. The American Cardinals uh, Convention actually didn't go for it and opposed it. But, uh, and it's not really accepted as a practical everyday thing, but it's a historical decision. Right, and that would just, perhaps that would serve to muddy the waters even more. I don't know, what, what would you think? 
Diane, as you, did you know that, what Jacob was just mentioning, that 50th anniversary? No, I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's not talked about very much. It's pretty practically, for functional purposes, kind of ignored. Hmm, that makes me think. I, I know there's a, a prominent pastor in our city that was accused of kind of supporting or or talking about that at one in one of his earlier books a long time ago. Right. Maybe that's where he got that information, Jacob. That, oh, I I have no idea. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it can be very confusing, but uh, you know what? I would I'll just throw in here. I take Billy Graham's position, believe it or not, on that, and everybody knows I'm Jewish, but I take Billy Graham's position. He was asked something about like that not too long ago, and he said, "I'm not God. I have to leave those kind of decisions up to God." Exactly, and I think we all do. We have to individuals about their own their relationship with God and how what they believe and how they believe and how what they've come to know and how they come to un, understand things. Uh, that is a function in the role of the Spirit of God. He is the one who draws us to Himself. All men, not just Christians or Jews or Catholics or anyone else, the Spirit of God is the one who deals with us. Uh, we have the each of us have the information that we've been given in our particular family, in our particular society, and our culture that we live in. And God holds us accountable for what we, the light that He has shined into our hearts and our lives. I'm, I'm sure of that because it's a scriptural principle, uh, very clearly in the, uh, that Christ preaches in the Gospels that, uh, that God is the one who will make that judgment. Um, so I, again, that's what I'm saying is that we need to go back to what is the content of our faith, not the label that is on the bottle. Not that we're Jewish or not that we're Catholic or not that we're evangelical, but okay, what do you actually believe? Who, who is God? How, what, what God are you, do you believe in? And what, uh, uh, is, what is the content of your faith? That needs to be, it seems to me the, the, uh, our conversation should be respectfully, always, is respectfully and truthfully, honestly. Uh, I'm not afraid of that kind of a playing field. A level playing field where we can talk about our faith openly and, and, and even disagree, but we don't have to be, um, insulting or anything like that, but we can, we can talk, what does the Bible say? What do the scriptures say? And, uh, well, my, my second thought is they knew one was Catholic, one was, uh, as she says, Christian prior to marriage. They knew that going in. They took the job. The job, the position is now filled. Let them work it out. It's their life. <laughs> now, Very wise. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the Catholic and the Christian. The topic of her question. Oh right. Uh, oh, is that is that the idea, Diana? That a, a Catholic person married a Christian, uh, yes. a, an evangelical person. The fact that that um, you know she's a Christian and he's not. I because see. That, yeah, that's the issue. There you go, Jacob. Now and, and I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty hardcore on this. Um, I think that I, I understand that uh, Diana's friend, the mother, is concerned. I got that. I'm concerned about stuff, but the truth is what we want for our children is to be independent, functional adults, and we can't control their lives. In fact, a, guy, a great guy from the Middle East once said that children are like arrows in a bow. You can hold them in your bow, and you can set their course, but once they're released from the bow, the arrow's on its own path. That's right. And that uh, many a parent would say amen to that tonight, I'm sure. But, yeah, okay, I have then just gotten the picture then. Uh, 
it's so interesting. I, I do understand that the complication of that. Uh, that's the reason I think that we try to emphasize, and it's not a panacea. It's not a, a solution for everything. But if we start functioning on the basis of what we actually believe instead of on the titles, oh, I'm a Catholic, I'm, I'm a Jewish, or I'm evangelical, or I'm this, and just say, okay, what do we actually believe? I think quite often we find that we agree on more things than we actually disagree. And if we would start celebrating and acting on the things that we are praying together, if this is a couple that they could pray together, they can pray together to the Lord in the name of the Lord, they can go uh, to a congregation where they study the scriptures. They both have a they both have a, a loyalty and a belief in the the, the authority. Yeah, but they, of the they knew that before they got married. That's that, true. If this is their decision, they've made they've placed their bets. I think we leave their life alone. But are they the ones complaining or asking for assistance? No, somebody else is getting into their oh, business. Oh, I see. You well, see, it's somebody else getting into their business. Into their business. Huh? Okay, all right. Well, that makes a difference. Well, maybe they are doing the healthy thing, Jacob. Maybe they are uh, studying the scriptures together in their home. I, I understand parents love yeah. kids. I love my kids. We all do. I got that. Uh-huh. But I have to control myself all the time. And I always have to say to myself, is this something I can control or is this their lives? Yeah. You're exactly right. And they're, now, I'm just now catching up, Diana, yeah, with this scenario. I was wondering what you were talking about for the last 20 minutes about these politics and things. <laughs> I, I, I was just now catching up. But, the, well, the principle of what I'm saying is still there. Uh, but, yeah, I see the situation with this young couple. They need to just Let's ask Diana let another alone. question. Let's use Diana as our focal. Okay. Diana, are you ready for something? Uh, let's find out. Yes, she is. Okay, good. Now I'll take that as a yes. Um, okay. One of the questions he wanted to get into was, uh, David received something directly from God, passed it on to Solomon. What was it? And uh, we know that God had told David, you can't do this because you've got bloody hands. You've killed people. That's what God told David. David that's right. He told David. So Solomon uh, had to actually do the, the deed. The, the deed, the building, we'll say. But the idea of it, was from given to David, and David explained it to uh, Solomon. Do you know what it was? No, I'm not very good with history. Okay, well, see. you're right. It's the temple. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Wow. Yeah. Now, how did she come up with I that? I don't know. She I was just know. excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah, David was not, now, he was denied. What I want to talk about, we only got a few minutes, is something I really want to share. And, uh, and I'll tell you what it is. You see, when we read Chronicles, let me read something to you first. And just briefly, a couple little things from the rules from God on what kings are supposed to do. Uh, just catch it. I'll go through fast. Cause Who are you, Deuteronomy? I'm in Deuteronomy 17. Okay. Okay. It says, uh, first of all, it says, You shall not set a king over you that's not Jewish. That's in 1715. And that's why... Uh, Herod was a problem because he's not really Jewish. Uh, and then in 1716, it said he shall not multiply his horses. What did Solomon do? Well, let, we'll take a look in just a second what it says in Chronicles. What it's telling us in Chronicles is that ever Solomon violated all this stuff. And was this and then, wait, wait, in about seven, horses? Does that translate into wealth? No. Okay. Um, well, it's what you can buy with wealth. Uh, but in 1717, it says he shall not multiply his wives. And then, now listen to this. This is a requirement for a king in Israel. And uh, and 
when you 17:18 of Deuteronomy, it says, um, when he sits in the throne, he shall write a copy of the law, the Torah, in his own hands, in front of the presence of the Levitical priest. Now, and then in 19, it says he shall read it for all the days of his life. So Keep actually, that copy with him and read it daily as long uh-huh. as he lives. Now, flipping quickly over to Second Chronicles, uh, and just in the interest of time, I'll just have to shorten all this. Are you there, Diana? Yes, I am. Good. I'm here, too. Um, it says in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, it begins with Solomon. And uh, as I've been harping so long on the show with Sophie, that there are three things in this order is wisdom, understanding, knowledge. But as we look over into chapter 1, verse uh, 11, it says, He asked for wisdom and knowledge. What's missing? Understanding. Understanding, yes. Now, why is that important? Those are things that generally don't trouble Christians. They're very much studied by Jews. Now, what does he do immediately after that? Look at verse 14. Chapter 1, verse 14. He amassed chariots and horsemen. Exactly what it said not to do in Deuteronomy. And then what does he do? He, he, uh, he actually conscripts laborers. He makes his own people to become almost slaves again. And what does he also do with the wives? He marries all these wives. And he makes them uh, actually, uh, he brings their gods in with them. So he's doing everything it said not to do in Deuteronomy. So what's happening is Solomon is doing everything he's not supposed to do. So when we say Solomon had wisdom, okay, he had wisdom. But from the ancient Jewish biblical view, wisdom is that gem of inspiration that comes from God. After you get it, it's sort of like the seed. And I have learned, if I take the seed, a wheat seed, and I plant it in a field, if I have understanding to plant that seed in a field, my understanding then leads me to know that it will grow a stock of wheat. And and it doesn't grow bread, it grows wheat. But I understand, and my knowledge is I didn't pick the wheat, and I can make it into bread. So, it's wisdom, understanding, knowledge. I know in our culture... So, wisdom leads to knowledge. Well, no. It leads to understanding. I understand that I put that seed in the ground, and it will grow something. Would that be the practical application of the the principle of wisdom? Well, yeah, you can put it that way. Okay. So, what you got is you got everything it said not to do. So, he's lacking something. And the reason that this is telling us in Second Chronicles about him, this isn't, nobody's condemning him, but it's telling us, biblically, he, he got his wisdom. That comes from God. I know in our society, wisdom is the greatest. That's not mm-hmm. biblical. The greatest in biblical terms is knowledge. Knowledge. Because you've learned to understand how to use the wisdom, and then you know what you're doing. But that's why Adam knew his wife. He didn't understand her. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Okay, uh, but anyway, I thought maybe it was. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but uh, at any rate, so you see in verse 11, wisdom and knowledge. Understanding is missing. You'll find the same thing occurs in early in Deuteronomy. And Moses actually says to the Jews in Deuteronomy, he says, you guys did this. but you, And all the Jewish scholars and sages throughout the ages says, well, see, he's missing one thing. So what he did is he got all these chariots, exactly what it said not to do in chapter 17 of Deuteronomy, he had all these wives. He wasn't supposed to. And he conscripted people to work. That's slavery. And that's against the laws. 
So he's doing everything he should not do. They just, well, it's like I said, Jacob, they just moved further and further away from the Torah, from their constitution. Uh, way back, Moses himself warned them about the, about the power of a central government and a central leader that he'll, he'll draft your young people, he'll take your taxes and your wealth, and he'll build his palaces, and he'll build his, uh, he did say all that. and all of that. And, and, and then Samuel warns them but, as well. But, okay, they got all those warnings. But we've got those warnings. And we've got this example of Solomon who we host. Oh, he's rich. He's famous. He's the wisest guy who ever lived. Well, he may be wise. But he didn't have understanding and the knowledge. Now, if you also want to know, there's something else I'd like to get to. I'm only hurrying because of the interest of time. That's right. Sure. Uh, in chapter 5, verse 10, there is nothing. Second Chronicles, right? A second Chronicles. Uh-huh. And this is what we talked about earlier. It's question number 16, what was in the ark? 5.10 says there's nothing in the ark other than the two tablets. See? Yeah, I see it. Nothing okay, now, now let me give you a little insight on that. That comes back, actually it's back, that comes from uh, back in Deuteronomy. And when it says two tablets, that's not the two tablets that he carried down. That's the first set that he broke, and uh-huh. that's the second set that he wrote on, that God wrote on when Moses had to carve them out. So what's in the ark at this time was the broken set he brought down and the set that was carved out by Moses that God wrote on a second time. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. But not the uh, not the manna well, no. and not the well, uh, staff that, of Aaron. Look, look at the language. No, I see it. It's yeah. very clear. It says there was nothing. I want you to know there was nothing there but this. Okay? Now, it's telling you something because Solomon's the one that's doing this. Okay. Solomon is not doing what the Torah said. Okay? All right. Now, there's another thing I wanted to point out real quick. In uh, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 6 of uh, Second Chronicles uh, 33. Then pay heed from your heavenly abode and fulfill all the... Listen to what it says. And pay, fulfill all the foreigners' prayers. Strangers' prayers. Ah, I'm sorry, we're out of time. There's some, something so interesting. No, there's no other point. We'll have to stop. All right. That's Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 33. And, and it's, what's a shame is, I was going to show about the, the temple exists in two different worlds, two different dimensions. It actually is in this portion that it existed in two different dimensions, and it's right here, and it's something. Well, let's promise to talk about it next week. All right, we'll do that. All right, folks, see you next time. Thank you, Thanks for joining us. And brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.